Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Dr. Joseph Garcia, who is the grandfather of baby sign language. Doctor, how you doing? I'm just doing fine. Just real quick, what do you want me to call you? Joseph, Joe, Mr. Joseph is fine, yeah. Joseph, all right, there we go. Well, Joseph, we like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit about yourself and what you'd like to do for fun, that'd be great. (laughs) Well, I like to... um enjoy life uh of course i love like to so i like to fill the void as far as uh, my career goals you know i like to find where there's a void and fill that and then um i do a lot of skiing and snowboarding in the winter mountain biking in the fall and summer and spring and um grow gardens and just you know i've got some land out out in the forest areas so i get yeah, you know, I do that kind of thing, but uh, and I write books and do a lot of research and write grants. I work for the Northwest Indian College up here in the Pacific Northwest part time or actually full time right now, and uh, just to help them out, I did a lot of grant writing to do my re- research in my earlier years, so I became quite good at it. And as a result, everybody wants money, and they always hire me to try to raise money for them, which is a good thing to do. And um, so I'm trying to raise money for the Northwest Indian College now because they are left behind. Traditional black colleges get a lot of funding, but Native American colleges and tribal colleges don't. So they are below the line of, of, of where they sh- should be. So I try to do that. I love it. Well, tell us about your motivation and what gets you up and keeps you going in everyday life. Oh, gosh. Well, just, just you know, I, I think if you want to get real deep real quick, I was adopted. So I've got this uh, desire to satisfy everyone all the time because when you sort of are given up in a way, you know, you always feel like, what did I do wrong or what's wrong? But in the, in, what, I, what I try to do is please people all the time. And by pleasing them, um, I tend to, uh, like I said, find a void and fill it. So earlier in life, I became a sign language interpreter. Um, and I used to, you know, do a lot of sign. I taught sign language at a few colleges and universities. And uh, uh, so one day I decided, you know what, I bet you I saw a lot of babies of deaf parents signing when they were like a year old, full sentences. I thought, why don't hearing people do that? And the reason they don't do that is because they also always see sign language as a sign of a disability rather than one of an ability. And so I decided to see what the capacity of young children were to communicate in signs before they could talk. So I, I did some research on early childhood development, cognitive development, and that type of thing, and found out that if they're given the right stimulus and the right program, children can com- com- clearly communicate many, many thoughts and ideas long before they can speak or articulate the various global languages. So I did further research and found out that cultural imprint time of the first three years of life are so critical to a child's development, it sort of sets the stage for how they're going to Uh, approach the world. And I found out when they have communication, they tend to direct the world rather than having the world happen to them. So they use their communication to sort of engage their environment, engage their caregivers, and it gives them an empowerment 
that carries them for the rest of their life. I think what it does is it gives them the idea that they can kind of control or at least influence their environment through their communication. And that's a very important uh, aspect of life. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, that is awesome, actually. <laughs> I love that. And so what is the thing that allows children, small children, to communicate through sign language before they can speak? Is it that our vocal cords don't develop or tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, the vocal mechanism doesn't, rec doesn't develop until about 18 to 20 months. You get, first of all, what they call single, uh, single syllabic uh, words like ma, pa, ba, da, until they get to point where they can articulate more, more consonants and more vowels in the various global languages. But during that time, their mind understands the world around them. They just can't really engage it because they have no modality which with to express themselves. But once you, like, for example, the sign for milk is just squeezing your hand like this. Well, while the mom's nursing, if she signs milk every time she nurses, eventually she's going to see the baby laying there nursing and maybe even unconsciously doing the sign because they see it every time that they nurse. Eventually, one of these days, they're hungry. They look up at mom. They remember that mom does this every time she nurses them. They reach up and do this and boom, they get fed. And from that point on, they realize, hey, I can or engage and control my environment through my own resources. As a result, it changes their whole mindset from letting life happen to them to making life happen. And that's an incredible um, change in their attitude and the way they approach life from that point on. In fact, I've had many parents tell me who've had two children, one who didn't sign and one who did. The baby who signs is much more motivated to engage life and get out there and be a, a, a pro progressive with their attitudes, whereas people who don't sign are a little more passive, waiting life to happen to them rather than making life happen. So I, I stumbled onto this thing by just hanging around with, with deaf people and seeing their young babies communicating full sentences long before hearing babies would even attempt to say a word. So as a result, they all start to speak about the same time, but children who sign have more to say when they do start speaking. They're not just now playing with language for the first time. They've already had language. They're just making a transition from gestural language to spoken language. So inside their, their head during that cultural imprinting time, they're learning how to associate the various activities or objects with the gestures. As a result, they can use the gestures to talk about those activities or experiences. And we've had many parents tell me that they'll be sitting there with their child. Let's say that, they're, that they went outside and saw a, a bird. There's a sign for bird is like this. And the baby will be sitting there and all of a sudden look up at mom and start, start signing bird. And what they're doing is remembering an experience where a bird, let's say, landed on, the, um, on, on something very close to them and they saw it and made an impact on them. So later on the day, they're sitting with their mom or dad and they sign bird. And what they want to do is um, talk about that ex shared experience they had earlier in the day. But the important thing about that is that they can express their ideas and thoughts, just like the idea for pain, hurt. You put two little fingers together, headache, earache, sore throat. They can tell their mom exactly what happened. Funny quick story, doctor in New York City emails me and says, mom came in the other day and said, my child has an earache. She says, well, how do you know? She says, well, my baby told me. And the doctor's thinking, this woman's a loon, you know? What do you mean she told you? She says, yeah, she used sign language and put her little 
pain sign up by her ear. Sure enough, he checked the baby's ear and he had a slight infection in the ear. So from that point on, the doctor ordered all of my baby sign books and gave them to every new mom that came into his office. He said, this is amazing to be able to have a baby that young tell me exactly what's wrong with them is groundbreaking. It's just fun. It's just phenomenal. So and that's just one tiny example of, of how signs really help a, ba a baby become empowered with communication to make a change in their life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I will say, I'm sure a lot of people listening right now are feeling a bit skeptical about the fact that um, learning sign language, like, you know, 12, 16 months around that time, sets the stage for you to be a more outgoing person for the rest of your life. Can you elaborate well, on that? Again, I've got children who've done it and they're amazing. And I've heard thousands of parents tell me the same thing. So it's not just me and my own family. It's I've heard this countless times of parents telling me that these babies who sign have a much more, I, I wouldn't say aggressive, but they just engage life in a more, more motivated fashion because early during, again, this, this is an important concept, cultural imprinting, the first three years of life puts you your fight or flight uh, reactions to things. It gives you who you can trust, who who you can look to for guidance, who we should stay away from. All that stuff is learned in those first three years. And uh, to have communication in those first two years is amazing. It just sets the stage for just further development. Also, it reduces tantrums. When a baby cries but can tell you what's wrong and you can empathize with them and relate to, to, to their issue and communicate with them about that, it reduces the tantrums, reduces all of the frustration between a parent and a child, and gives more time for developmental activities, of course. I love that. I love that. I think my girlfriend's going to love this podcast. <laughs> oh, wait till they see my website and see all these babies signing away. It's just like we, we've recorded a few. My grandson is the star of one of them. He's just on a whole bunch of stuff because he learned about, I don't know, 200 and some signs before he could say his first word. And he could tell us to be careful with a sharp knife and all kinds, don't touch that, it's too hot. And just all kinds of things that that were way beyond most children because they didn't have language with which to analyze. You know, when you think, you think in words. If you didn't have words, you'd think in pictures or, or in images. So by giving a child the, the ability to have a language to communicate in, you empower them, as I said earlier, to kind of navigate through life rather than riding the roller coaster of life, never knowing what's going on next. Gotcha. I love it. Well, honestly, I wasn't even skeptical. I was just addressing it for the people who might be. I love it. <laughs> well, you know, there's one other thing, too. After I did a lot of baby uh, research, then I started looking at young children, preschool children, and when my children became preschool. And I looked at the stress and expectations put on children to learn to read. And then I came up with a wonderful uh, game-like activity using fingerspelling to have children fingerspell letters, put the letters into words, and then read from there. And I gave it to a bunch of preschools and kindergartens, and the teachers say, you won't believe this. During recess, they go out on the playground, and they sit across from each other and fingerspell words back and forth. And in, in my fingerspelling book, we have all, all of the um, focus or the words that, that uh, children are supposed to be competent in by the time they get to second grade. We have kids in kindergarten who can spell those words already because they play in this game-like activity using fingerspelling. And um, it's just kids love to manipulate their hands and do different things when they get in preschool. And uh, 
this I, I think this is going to be as remarkable as the baby sign language thing to help children learn to read is my fingerspelling program. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun too, and the book is incredibly illustrated by one of the most wonderful artists I've ever met in my life. I love it. Awesome. Well, tell us a bit more about your dreams, your goals, and your vision for your life and your research. Well, I've got more of a past than a present, and I'm, excuse me, more of a past than a future, I should say. I'm I'm a little older now, I'm in my seventies, but uh, like I said, I still ski and snowboard and mountain bike and do things and try to stay in shape and get out there and do things. But my goal is again to fill the void. I've created a complete comprehensive course in American Sign Language for the healthcare industry. It's, it's, it's a diagnostic course for, for the medical professions. I've got a medical background also. So um, I put this whole course together so that healthcare providers can communicate directly with deaf patients and find out what's wrong with them and, and administer you know the, the correct uh, procedures. So um, my goal again is to fill the void. Uh, making people happy and just uh, advancing the human condition. That is my goal. I love and it. I also work at Northwest Indian College here in the Northwest. So I'm trying to advance that goal too. I would have guessed you were like early 60s, late 50s. Well, like I said, I stay in shape. I work out, I work out, meaning I do things. I've got six acres of forest that I have to take care of. I got a garden and a vineyard. I work out there. And if you stay active and my mother and I have to, praise her. She died at 99. She was busy one day and dead the next. And uh, she always told me, well, son, you're Native American and African American. You're going to have to do twice as much to get half as far. Just deal with it. And besides, I'm too old to be polite. I'm going to tell you the truth. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was some great advice, boy, I tell you. So, um, yeah, I follow in her footsteps. She was busy every day and worked and did things every day. And she lived to be 99 so and healthy and, and sharp at 99 too. So uh, her eyesight wasn't so good and her hearing was not so uh, on, you know, as good as it should be, but she was still active and busy. So I think that's the key to success is eat good food, stay healthy and, and stay busy, you know, stay engaged. I love it. There we go. Simple life advice. But so profound. Well, it works for me. Yeah, I don't know. It may not work for other people, but it works for me. <laughs> awesome. Well, if there are one or two people you can meet right now, and this could be a specific person or a type of person, they would help you take the next step towards filling that void and advancing the human condition. Who would they be and how would they help? I would like to get someone who's got a platform who really, for example, Oprah Winfrey. She has a large platform around the world. And if she would get behind something like this and put the word out, it would help more people benefit from the research and work that I've done in my life. You know, that's all I really have to look forward to is making people happy and advance the human condition through the work I've done. Um, and I need to get that word out. I also have a, uh, I took her cousin skiing two years ago uh, and hoping that he would get a word to her to say, hey, let's talk to Joseph and see what he's got going. Um, but I haven't done that. And the other person, he said two people. Um, well, my my sister-in-law is good friends with Hugh Jackman. And I was maybe getting get him. Again, these people have platforms that can put the word out. I'm a little guy living out on six acres out in the forest in Washington State, you know, in the backwoods. So uh, I don't have much of a platform, you know. So to get the word out is the important part. And that, things like this, like your podcast, you know, the, when you start to spread the word about new discoveries, innovations, those type of things, that's what what satisfies me is to be able to get that word out. What good is all the good research and all the good work people do if it sits on a shelf somewhere? 
It has to get out there and be used by people for it to be effective and to advance the human condition, of course. There we go. I love it. Awesome. So people with a platform, Oprah Winfrey and Hugh Jackman, if you guys are listening to this and you happen to know them or have a connection to them, let's introduce them to Joseph and change <laughs> there you go. around the world. What's the most important one or two things that everyday people can do to really help you get done? Well, okay. This is one thing my father told me. He says, son, every time you get up in the morning, do the thing you don't want to do most first. Get it out of the way. Do the hardest thing, the most difficult thing, the thing that you don't that you look least forward to doing. Get it done first. Then the rest of the day will cruise right on by. And so I've been trying to do that. The thing I don't want to do most in the morning, I do that first and get it out of the way. And then I think the rest of my day tends to kind of zoom by in a way that's a little more palatable than having that stress of waiting for to do that thing that you've been putting off or don't want to do. And I think that stress slows down the creativity and 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 the way that you go about approaching different tasks and things so i that's the one thing that i do myself is to um is to be honest be straight with people and to do the one thing you don't want to do first there we go well awesome now we're gonna jump into our thriving three the first question is what's your favorite book movie or podcast pick one Oh, well, your podcast, of course, is, is the, the, the finest. Anyway. Right answer. <laughs> <laughs> Movie, well, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, I'm a grant writer for the Northwest Indian College, so all I do all day long is read, all day long, read uh, uh, RFPs, which are requests for proposals, uh, federal regulations, um, and then I write grant proposals, which is a lot of writing all the time. Uh, but most of it's for innovative educational programs, which means I've got to read theory and, and, and resources and references to what are the best practices for teaching people, especially indigenous people, ways to connect with them and, and make them successful in their matriculation and in school. So I do a lot of reading there. Movies, I love Groundhog Day. I think that was one of the great greatest films ever because it was, uh, actually it was taken from Rod Serling idea of the Twilight Zone long ago, someone waking up the same day again and again, but they took it to a much different level, of course. And um, I also, oh, Being There is my favorite film of all time with uh, Peter Sellers, I think it was, uh, Being There. It's a, it, it's a great, great film. There we go. Love it. And what's one way you like to take care of yourself? Oh, eat good food and stay active, you know, and, and stay relevant, you know, contribute. Contribute to society. That keeps me going. When you do something good for people, and they feel it. You don't need to take recognition for it, but just do good for people. That fills my soul with, with a lot of goodness, and that keeps me going and motivated also. Just doing for others. There we go. There we go. And what is one action step that you can take right now to either meet Oprah, meet Hugh, or meet other people with platforms to really spread your message? I'd probably go on your podcast. <laughs> there we go. Taking the action. <laughs> that's right and i'm doing it right now i love it i love it and i don't do a lot of podcasts by the way I, i'm very selective i i uh i don't want to be a snake oil salesman you know what i mean it's you 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 want to be true to your profession and there's got to be a certain level of of how would you say um honor within what's going on so if, if there's an honorable podcast then i'll consider it but uh there's been a lot of people reaching out to me that just want the grandfather of baby sign language on their podcast. But if they don't have a real, real contributing podcast, then I stay away from it. 
There we go. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Sure. Awesome. Well, I got two more questions for you. Sure. The first question is about consistency. I want you to tell us a little bit about the power of consistency in your life, maybe in the lives of small children too, because you're, you have expertise there, but also tell us about how people who are struggling with consistency can become more consistent in their life. Well, when I struggled with that and I, you know, I, I have to, I'll have to confess that I was uh, like any other baby boomer. I went through the seventies and I listened to a lot of, you know, good soul music and used to dance a lot and a lot of a uh, um, little bit, bit, bit of marijuana from time to time when I was younger, but I kind of had to get away from that, but that was a long time ago. And, uh, but the point is that, um, we all have challenges every day. And what I found I had to do was make a short schedule, a list of things that I wanted to get done each day. And I would, I guess, again, take the worst thing and do it first, or the hardest thing and do it first, and then go down the list and get baby steps every day. If you take baby steps towards your goals every day, it keeps you motivated. It gives you that sense of accomplishment that, that keeps you going for those baby steps each time. It's when you see something that's so formidable that you are hesitant to get started that's what holds people back i think if they just take baby steps each day towards their goal they will eventually start feeling more and more accomplished more um confidence in 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 their own abilities to succeed and that will help keep them motivated to to go forward i i believe at least that it, it works for me is to make a little schedule of two or three things that i want to accomplish today baby steps towards my goal because all these products i created i had to learn how to shoot video, edit video, um, build websites. Uh, and that's on top of all the research and all the other things. So again, these are huge projects. My medical sign language course was a, a 10 year project. So you're talking about baby steps every day to get it all completed. But if you do little steps every day, it eventually builds and builds until you're taking giant steps every day, you know, but it, it takes the baby steps to get to the giant steps sometimes. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. And I bet a lot of people, especially a lot of young people like myself are thinking baby steps. I don't have time for baby steps I'm yeah. now. So how do you deal with that delayed gratification versus immediate gratification? Well, okay. You're young, you say, okay. When you get 70 years old, right now you're looking at 70, you're looking at a walker kind of with an old gray hair, barely making it down the sidewalk. That's what I thought. I jump off cliffs on my skis and snowboard yet. Yeah, movies you see, what guys doing that, that's me. You know, so you are as old as you think you are, you know, so, but you do go through life, just like you know what you know now. Can you imagine you going back to junior high school and knowing what you know now, how that experience would be different with the, with the summation of everything you have now? Well, now think of me at 72, and I'm looking back at you young people saying, you know, the only people on this planet who really respect their elders are the indigenous people because they know that the elders carry the history and the knowledge that they need to be successful. You know, I didn't get this healthy this old because I didn't follow advice from those who were who came before me. You know, I stand on the shoulders of those who came before. As a result, that's how I can see so far. So if I, if, 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 if I were to do it all over again, I would listen more to my mother and father. Um, and one other thing too, you know, I've been a magician for 50 years. I just doing magic shows for little kids and stuff. It was part, part of my mystique to help uh, get along with young 
children. So I learned a bunch of magic tricks and, and did a, a little magic shows. But the thing that, that kept with me was my father told me, he says, when you go up to, I used to do shows at what they call the pioneer homes up in Alaska, all the old person, all the retirement homes up there. And my dad says, well, when you go up there to do those shows, ask these old people, what would they do different if they could redo their whole life again and listen carefully to what they say. And so I did that. And I got a resounding consistency with the answers I got. They said, don't put off anything. If you have a dream, a goal or an idea, go after it. Don't wait. Don't put it off. Go after it now because all of a sudden you're going to find yourself at a certain age where it's going to be too late to do some of those things. And you haven't taken your baby steps to get there that turn into regular steps into giant steps if you don't start somewhere. So don't put it off. Keep keep going towards your goals, even if it's just little steps each day. I love it. There we go. For all those out there listening that are maybe struggling with that uh, delayed gratification versus immediate gratification, just start taking the baby steps. Let's listen to the people who know better than us. Not better, just have been there before. You know, uh, it's like I said, go back to high school. How would you do it different? You'd have a whole different experience knowing what you know now back then. Well, I've been there. I've lived those, those years and I've seen it all. I've been everything from the Rotary Club to the army, a biker gang. Uh, I've, I've worked in prisons. Uh, I mean, I've done. I've been a dog musher up in Alaska. If you look at my website, you'll see me with with signing with chimpanzees. I've had conversations with chimpanzees in sign language. I met Jane Goodall. I mean, you know, I, I I've done so many wonderful things, and I hate to have that just lost, just poof when I'm gone. I want to be able to share some of that knowledge and experience so that those who come after me won't step on their toes like I had to do from time to time, you know, they, they won't make the same mistakes, they, they, they won't limit themselves by their lack of enthusiasm or the lack of taking those steps. Um, so that's what I would suggest. Yeah, there we go. Well, our last question uh, requires a bit of pretext. So you know how there are people on the planet who really have a fixed mindset, they're not willing to accept help, and they're not willing to accept change. Sometimes they'll live their whole life like that. And sometimes they'll die like that. Like Other the anti-vaxxers, right? <laughs> 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 well, I'm talking to Texas now, so look out. Woo! But, yeah, I know. I listen. Hey, woo! I'm a doctor too, so you know, and I've got a medical background. So you're talking to, you're barking up the wrong tree when you're talking that area. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, go ahead, ask your question. Oh, that was funny. We're probably gonna get taken down for that comment. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just don't want people to get sick and die. That's all. That's all I'm worried about. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and they'll switch to, they'll have something in their life that switches them to more of a growth mindset, willing to accept help, willing to accept change. In your opinion, what is the catalyst that causes that person to change? Well, unfortunately, most people aren't really motivated for change until something catastrophic happens in their life or something that really affects their long-term vision of who they are or what they want to accomplish. And I hope that they can come to some agreement with themselves before catastrophe hits, that they take action to make a change in their life if they want that change. You know, once you determine that a change is needed in your life through relationships or through your inactivity or through not reaching your goals or what, what, whatever motivates you to do some self-examination, um, I just believe as though it's important that everybody just looks internally to see what it is about them that they want to improve, change, 
or or strengthen and uh and make a plan to do that don't just think oh it'll happen because i want it to happen you have to actually make a plan like you don't have to necessarily write down a list every day but once a week or so say what do i want to accomplish this week if it's not each day and and go after that you know don't, don't put things off just keep keep the strength strong by taking this again it goes back to little baby steps of how do you want to change how do you want to improve your life um what can i do can i take a, an online course to to learn something or, or to do something that is going to improve my, my life or those ar ar around me and also improve yourself for those around you not just for yourself you can't think always internally you have to look when you raise up, you have to raise up your, what we call the circle of influence. Everybody has a circle of influence, whether it be a small circle of one or two people or a large group, like more, you know, um, people, people with a platform, for example. But um, you have a circle of influence. And I suggest, you know, my dad once asked me, what makes you feel better to open a gift or watch someone else open a gift from you? And how you answer that question determines how you feel about people around you. Do you want to make, bring joy and make other people happy and help advance their ag agendas? And by so doing, will you advance your own? You know, uh, like I said, we, we only raise our status by raising the status of those around us. So give, give freely, give, and I'm talking about money, give your, money is a tool time is precious give your time that's that's what it replenishes my soul when i when i have a mom come up to me and say oh you're the baby guy oh you, thank you so much for what you gave to us i said i didn't give you anything i just gave you a roadmap. you took the journey you signed with your child you're the one who gave them communication you should applaud yourself uh i just gave you a, a map to get there that's all you know so um yeah i hope that answers your question absolutely it does i love it well Joseph, is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? No, but if people want to find out more, they can look up um, baby sign language in 14 days or just drjosephgarcia.com. And you, there's a lot of information on there. Uh, I'm not try, trying to sell stuff as much as I'm trying to put out the message. Um, so check out the website, drjosephgarcia.com or one, one of those things and also like i said between the finger spelling book and the baby sign language and the medical stuff all those are based on seeing sign language not as a disability but an ability and using when, whenever you cross cultural cross cultural exchange between two different uh, society groups like the deaf and the hearing or the blind and the or, and the sighted that type of thing you can always come up with a hybrid concept of things blind people tend to be they, they don't hear any better they just are more focused on what they do here. Deaf people, they tend to use sign language as a way to communicate, but now what a wonderful gift they've given the hearing by offering their signs for us to be able to communicate with our children or fingerspelling to help our children learn to read. What a great gift they've given us. And I must give all the credit to the deaf community for that. Absolutely. Well, there we go. Dr. Joseph Garcia, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it very much. Yes, and if you guys are listening to this and you loved what he had to say, you really vibed with his message, maybe you know some new mothers, new families who could utilize baby sign language, make sure to go to drjosephgarcia.com. It will be in the show notes, all the ways to contact him and his website will be there. As we always ask, send this podcast to one to three people you know need to hear this message, preferably 
new mothers or people who have new mothers in their kind of like extended family and shoot us a five-star review on iTunes. We're out. Thank you. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.